You know, probably uh, if we ever need to get rid of our national anthem, that might be the second choice, you think? I mean, when you think of Frank Sinatra, he's so American, he's so us, and that song can so maybe say how we live our lives here in America, this rugged individualism that we're supposed to have. And uh, But when I thought about it, you guys, that's what we're looking at today, this whole idea of, uh, are we going to take advice, or are we going to take a risk? Are we going to listen to what other people have to say, or are we going to do it our way? And Because, uh, you know, all of us do that, right? We love to kind of just take it our own way. And so I, I was sitting there thinking as I was putting this together about um, times when I've done that, because there's many. But the first one that came to my mind um, was one day when I was with, with my brother. And uh, how many of you have an older brother? Anybody have an older brother? All right. We, we love older brothers. Uh, my older brother, we lived up in Lapeer, Michigan, and uh, that means nothing to you. Did somebody just woo? <laughs> All right. Sweet. Wow. Actually, no, I won't go there. Uh, so uh, in Lapeer, I grew up on these dirt roads out in the country in the middle of kind of nowhere. And my brother, he, Mark, he lived seven years older than me. And he would pick me up from school, from football practice, things of that nature. And he loved to go down these dirt roads and just floor it. And he would swerve, you know, and it's, it's all the uh, uh, little, you know, you know kind, of, kind of roads and the cars going all over the place. And I remember I just used to scare me to death. And that's why he did it, because he loved to torture me. And I remember, so years later, I was out of college, and I was, uh, we were down having a family reunion in Tennessee. And uh, we decided to get up early one morning and go golfing. And after we were golfing, it started to rain and stuff. And so we were driving back, and there were these windy roads to get back to our camp. And, uh, and so we're sitting there, and I'm actually going kind of fast. I'm driving, and he's actually riding. So I'm going really fast around these curves and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, Mark kind of goes, uh, Dave, you might want to like, slow it down just a little bit on these curves. Oh. I just looked at him, and I go, hey, dude, for all the times you scared me to death, you can just sit back and relax. And as soon as I said that, I took a turn, and I didn't turn. And I went flying right into the, uh, the woods and smashed my car into a tree. I mean, as soon as I said that. Now, as an older brother, you're in your glory. <laughs> and I have to give kudos to Mark because he didn't say anything to me. He didn't say anything. But I'm sitting there smashed in it because I did it my way. You know, I mean, and, and that happens so often where people are giving us advice. But no, I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. And here's the reality, you guys. This morning... A lot of us have done that. A lot of us have done it our way. And you know what? The results have been a lot more serious than a tree that's been, than a car that's been wrapped around a tree. And that's why we need to look at this issue today. Man, when we're standing at crossroads and we're making decisions that are ultimately going to culminate into what our life is, do we do it our way? Do we take advice or do we take a risk? And so when I thought about that, here, here's, but, but we, what, what we need to look at is our heart. And I feel like probably this topic today is maybe the core issue of what it means to be a human being. Because when someone comes up to you and they offer you this great phrase, hey, let me, let me just give you a piece of advice. What's your natural reaction? Right? I mean, how many of us want to be told what to do? I mean, even when we think about giving advice to somebody, many times I think the reason we don't give it is because we know people really don't want it. And the reason we know that is because we don't want it. There's something inside of us that just says, you know what, I am. I, I'm going to do it my way. Quit telling me what to do. 
And then there are some, some things we need to know. If somebody is going to give us advice, um, there are certain people we should take it from, and there are certain people that we shouldn't take it from. And that's a whole other message about how to be an advice giver and one that we should actually listen to. But here's the key, you guys. When we stand at crossroads, there is counsel all around us from others and from God helping us to know how to live our lives. But the key issue is that the person that we trust more than anyone else is ourselves. It's me. I do it my way. When it comes down to the nth degree, and I'm at a crossroads, and I'm choosing which way I'm going to go, almost every single one of us makes that decision based on ourselves. Now, there's a principle in Scripture that we're looking at today, and it's the issue of pride versus humility. Pride versus humility. And I think this is the core issue of the human heart. Look at these couple verses. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And this pride, when it talks about in here, it's a pride that will not listen to other people, especially the criticism of behavior or thought. And then many of us have that issue in our heart. There's this proud nature that says, you know what, I, I'm just not going to listen to you. And then why would it end up in disgrace? Because if we're not listening to other people's advice or we're not learning from our mistakes, then we start doing the same behavior over and over again. And when you do that, it does. It ends up being a shameful thing and a disgraceful thing. Look at this one, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Did you guys know that was in the Bible? I mean, how many of you don't let your kids say that at home? You know, I, I, so I go, I'm reading this, I'm like, oh my God, I get to say like stupid in church. Even though I, lo- I, I guess Susan and I need to rethink whether we can let our kids say stupid. In fact, it's so funny, like Caleb, you know, he's two right now and that's his word. You know, everybody and everything is stupid. And I, it was just so funny, after the first service, I was talking to the security guy out here in the, in the nursery and he said, as soon as I said that, he could hear somebody in the nursery going, stupid! And it, it was Caleb. <laughs> But, but here's the issue. I mean, the scriptures are coming right out and saying, if we hate correction, if we don't like people coming in and saying, hey, you're going down this road and it's not wise, and we don't like it when people offer that correction, then we're stupid. Now, check out what this word means. Stu- this word stupid means someone who does not have the rationality that, differi- that differentiates between men and animals. So in other words... There's this rationality, there's a, there's a sense of reason and this ability to think that God gave us that animals don't have. And what the Bible says is that when people are offering you correction, when people are offering you, offering you instruction, and you hate it and you don't want to listen to it, it's like you're acting like an animal. You don't have the rationale that makes you really, truly human. That's huge. This is a big issue. Tremper Longman, this guy I was reading his commentaries this week, he kind of wraps it up by saying this. The whole principle is paradoxical. When people hold themselves in high estimation, they will be uh, denigrated. But the more they are aware of their weaknesses, the more they will achieve a success that will bring them glory. And then he says, humility and the ability to hear correction thus provides the road to success in life. And pride leads to failure and ultimately death. 
So, hey, just real quick, if we could have some lights up maybe in the, in the back as well, the house lights or something. It's uh, just, it's really dark back there. That'd be cool. Thanks. Um, but you guys, here's, here's why I want to talk to you about this today. And when we were putting this series together, this really is the overarching issue of our hearts, is this issue of pride. Are we going to take advice or are we going to take a risk? And the risk is heavy. And so before I get into the two different types of counsel that we receive from each other, that we can receive, I just got to ask you, can you just kind of look at your heart even right now and say just naturally, well, how does your heart do when someone offers counsel? Does it go with a wall because you're going to do it your way? Or do you find yourself saying, no, I, I want to hear what you have to say? And then especially with God. Do you find your heart wide open to God, saying, Lord, I want your instruction. I want, to, I want you to lead me. Or do you find yourself with a heart that's strong against God? And, and you know we all, we all experience this in this room. So what I want to do, actually, if we could, just before we start, I just, I just I want to pray again. And I just want to add, and I want you, would you just kind of take this time and just say, God, um, like David said in the Psalms, you know, check me and check my heart and see if there's any evil way in me. See if there's any part of my heart that just says no to your counsel and a part of your heart that just says, I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. And let's just ask, because my hope would be, you guys, if, if you've walked in here and you're standing at crossroads and you're saying no to the way that leads to life, that maybe today something might happen in your heart that you actually walk out of here different than what you came in as. And that's our hope. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you want to offer us life. Father, thank you that you love every person in this room. And you care about us. And Lord, I, that's my prayer. I pray right now, God, if there's any heart that is saying no to counsel, that's saying no to wisdom, but instead is somehow stuck in this pattern of saying, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do what I feel is best. I just, I pray that you might just speak to us, speak to each person in here and help us to see where we're doing that because we need you and we pray that you'd help us in your precious name. Amen. All right. There's two sources of counsel. And the first one is this. We get counsel from each other. There are other people that the Bible says that we should get counsel from. Look at these verses. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for the lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Many advisors, not just one, but surround yourself with people who can help you through things. Proverbs 13.10, pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Anybody ever been in a quarrel with your wife or your husband? Could it possibly be because what you knew was right, they didn't happen to agree with you, and there were these two points of view that were completely different, and it brings quarrels. It brings fights among us. But there's wisdom is found in those who take advice. Chapter 12, 15, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. You guys, I learned this principle so clearly when I was back at Kensington. I was on staff there for 13 years. When I started, I was 25. I had no clue, you know, what I was doing. I didn't really understand leadership and just, just learned so much. But there's no doubt that one of the most important lessons I learned there 
was to never make any major decision by yourself. Never. So you know what? So I don't make any decision by myself. Susie picked out my clothes for me this morning. Yeah? <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> you can probably tell. But, um, no, but, you know, but any major decision in my life, I go, what in the world? I, it was just, it, like now for me to look back and go, what was I thinking? And yet in a room this size right now, a lot of us, you're making the major decisions all by yourself with your life. In fact, if I can be as bold to say, some of you are sitting right next to the person that you're united with, and yet you make major decisions without even advice from them. Might that cause a quarrel? Might that cause problems in our relationships? But here's the issue for me. Here's what I realized. I'm like, what am I doing? My knowledge is so limited. Does anybody else have limited knowledge? Out there, I mean, I, you finally realize, it's like, what am I, I don't understand everything. There's just a few areas in my life where I feel like I've got some decent knowledge, but in so many areas, I have no clue. And then the other thing I realized is, I can only come, from at it, come at it from one perspective. Because I have certain experiences, and, and my, I'm wired a certain way. And man, there are other people that are wired so differently from me, and they have different experiences, and they can bring completely different perspectives to the same situation. It's like standing around a house, and, and you want to describe the whole house from where you're standing. But all I can see is the front of the house. I have to guess at the sides and the back. I don't know. I need people who are standing on the back and on the sides looking at the situation from a different angle than I can ever see it. When you make a decision all by yourself, man, I'm telling you, these major ones, it just should not be done. And then here's the real issue is when I'm making decisions, it's almost, almost impossible for me to not have some sort of selfish motivation when I'm making those decisions. But when I bring other people around in making the decisions, all of a sudden, it's like we got to do this together, and it's not as easy to be selfishly motivated. But you know what pride says? Pride says, I don't need you, even to your spouse. I don't need your advice. I don't need counsel. I can make this decision all by myself. And I just want to kind of encourage you to remember that you're human. You know what it is to be human? To be human is to be limited in our knowledge, limited in our perspective, and limited even in our own nature to do what is the right thing. And so when the scriptures come and say, man, if you want your plans to succeed, you got to get some wise counsel from many advisors. I just want to encourage you. I think it's really true. And so I can tell you right now, the other thing I learned after, there, after 21 years now of ministry and hiring you know, quite a few different people, I just want to tell you, there is one the number one quality I'm looking for in a person when I hire, well, first of all, here, is that they'd be passionately in love with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. But the other thing is humility. I'm telling you right now, if I can sniff out any sense of pride, you will never work here. Now, I'm human, so I, sometimes I don't sniff it out. It just, you know, you, you, sometimes you just miss it. But I can tell you, if you're going through the interview process and all of a sudden somebody's like touting their resume and all the things that they can do and yada, 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 you know, I'm like, ah, that conversation is going to be really short. Because I don't need somebody in here who has pride. Look at what the Bible says happens to a person who, who, who works out of pride. It says it leads to disgrace, which we've already seen. It leads others astray. 
if, you, if you're a proud person. And we're going to talk about that later. It leads to quarrels, which we've talked about. Your plans fail, and it leads to destruction and a fall. Now, why would I want to hire anybody that that's going to be the results of the hire? I, I don't. And so as much as possible, what I'm looking for is somebody who will come on this team and not have to do it their way and fight for their right and all that kind of stuff. No way, man. I want somebody who comes in and knows their weakness, knows their humility, and wants to be a part of a team. And I, just want, I, I feel like I need to tell you right now, today and our staff, and I did this first service, and I don't, I don't even know. I can't really see out there. Is any of our staff out here? Anybody? Oh, two right here. Thank you. Awesome. I, I want to tell you, I absolutely trust implicitly the people on this staff here. If there is a group of more humble people, I don't know where they exist. And I want you to know that you can trust the people who are in the leadership of this place. And part of the reason for that, you guys, is because we have hard conversations. In fact, just this week, Ryan Coley, man, we sat down for our, our weekly meeting when we get together, and I just had a bunch of stuff I had to tell him. And probably about four or five times I went, oh, are you okay with this? You know? And then he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. All right. Now, you still all right? You know? You good? Yeah. You know? Okay. Are you good? And I just, I kept checking. But here's Ryan going, yes, Dave. If I'm ever going to grow in these areas, if, I need to, if I'm going to be able to do this, I need this information. Oh, my gosh. Who do you want to hire? Who do you want to work with? Who do you want to lead you? I'm telling you, it's, it's, the, it's the greatest thing to be surrounded by a bunch of people who are really strong and who are really leaders, but who always say, but we're going to do it in submission to a team. And I just want to tell you, I, I, I'm so excited. So I just want to ask you, how about you? Who's your wise counsel? Do, do you have any? Do you have people around you? that you go to when it's time to make a big decision. When we were deciding whether to move out here or not, every person, I see Bill and Rebecca right over here, I remember just telling every person who was considering joining this team, it's like you've got to ask wise counsel. And this is what wise counsel is to me. It's people who love you, but they love Jesus more. They love you, but they love Jesus more. Because some people love you and they have a wonderful plan for your life. And it's hard to go to them for counsel. Because they don't really want what God wants. They want what they want for your life. That's not wise counsel. You need to find people who really care about your life, but they so know God and they so love him that they're going to come from his perspective. All right? Can I encourage you guys? Take the advice of the Bible. Take the advice of God. He did not give you enough knowledge and insight and discernment within your own person to be able to live this life. We got to do it together. So find those people, all right? So that's the first source of counsel. You've got to get some people in your life. The second, though, source of counsel is God. Are we going to take advice from God, or are we going to take a risk with him? All right? So here we go. Proverbs 15, 32 says, He who ignores discipline despises himself. And so, so if you're ignoring discipline, and again, this, it's, it would be, again, God just coming and saying, You guys, this isn't right. If you ignore that, you actually despise yourself. But whoever heeds correction gives un, gains understanding. The fear of the Lord teaches man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Even Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge. Well, what's it mean to fear him? Because if you've been here for a while, you say, Wait a second, man, I didn't know if we were supposed to fear God. I thought he loved me, you know? Well, what does it mean to fear God? To fear God means to have a sense of awe, a sense of reverence, a sense, of, a sense of ultimate respect. 
It's to have. Have you ever been in the presence of something that's so awesome and so powerful and so glorious that you just kind of crumble in its presence? You ever felt that before? See, that's God. He is so much greater, so much more knowledgeable, so much more powerful. But the problem is that we should be in awe. We should have ultimate respect. And as this one guy said, he goes, to have the fear of the Lord means to stand in a subservient position to him to acknowledge your dependence on him. You realize, I, I'm a pea brain human. I can't figure this out. I need you, God. But the problem is, many of us stand at the crossroads with God and we don't fear him at all. We don't fear God at all. We say to God, you know what? Thanks for the, thanks for the help. You know, uh, you know, I'll blow off the dust when I need you. But I'm going to do it my way. We, we just don't fear him. And I'm telling you guys, why at the crossroads, why don't we? Why don't we listen to God? And I think it's, 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 it's kind of, this is kind of the tough part of the message for me. But it's, I think it's because we really do. We want to take the risk instead of take the advice from God. We want to take the risk when we stand here to say, I think I know better than you do. And so I'm going to go for it. Can I, and I have to offer you just a couple scriptures, because this is what God says, a couple consequences. If you decide at the crossroads to not fear the Lord and to not stand in a subservient position, but to do your own thing, okay? First one is this. Galatians 6-7 says, do not be deceived, okay? God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Okay? That's what the scriptures are telling us. You have a choice, and you can do what you want to do. But don't be deceived. You won't be able to mock God. If you decide to say no to his counsel and to his ways, you will reap what you sow. And I'm telling you, I know a lot of people come here. Okay, a lot of people come here to K2 and, and, and a lot of times that you, you guys will leave and you're like, man, I feel great coming to this church. And I just want to tell you, I want you to feel great when you leave this place because I think we have the greatest news in all the world. But part of this news that we have to share with you as well is if you're going to say no to God continually, you will reap what you sow. And then check out this one, 1 Timothy 3.6. It's a passage that's kind of warning church leaders, don't bring other people into church leadership if they're new in their faith. They say, because that person could become proud. And if they become proud, it says that they will fall into the same judgment as the devil. That's hard. But what it help us, helps us to understand is that our spiritual enemy, the spiritual enemy that we have against our lives every day, what was he judged for? You know what he was judged for? Because he was looking at God and saying, I'm doing it my way. He wouldn't be subservient to God the Father. He was going to do whatever he felt like doing. And the judgment of the evil one, our spiritual enemy, is condemnation to hell. Thank God it is. But what he says is, if you become proud and continue to put up a wall up to God, then we fall under that same judgment as the devil gets. You guys, it is no light matter when we stand at the crossroads and say no to God, okay? There needs to be a fear of the Lord, an awesome reverence, 
and worship because he's amazing. And that's who our God is. All right? This, then there's one other verse, Proverbs 16, 18 through 20. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Whoever, uh, whoever, I can't read my own writing, gives, thank you. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. So we don't have to fear him, but we just, we have to fear him. But not only that, we just need to trust him. And again, I think our main issue of our heart, you guys, is we look at God and we go, you know what, I just don't believe that your way is going to be better than what I can come up with. Because that's the other part of the human heart. The human heart says, I make every decision I make because I think that this is going to be the best thing for my life. I mean, unless you're incredibly psychotic. But even then, I think, you still make that decision because you think that's going to be best for your life. That's why we do this. That's why we live. And the culmination, what is your life? Your life is the culmination of the, of the decisions that you make. And sometimes we just say, you know what, God? I just don't, I don't, I don't trust you. I just don't think you're that. Either we don't think he's right or he's not good or he doesn't really care about us. It's like, man, if I trusted God with my life, who knows where I might end up? Well, he says, it, actually, you'd end up in a really good place. And I'm not just talking heaven. I'm talking on the road for the rest of your life. You'll walk with me, and it'll be awesome. And so, you guys, we got to figure out this issue. Do we trust our own hearts more than we trust God or others? And if we do, God says, God, you're going to reap a life. It's not anything that I intended for you to have. So the question today is, when you're standing here, will you kneel? I mean, will, will, could you go like this to God? And go, I'm done. And just, just hold up your arms, you know, and surrender. It's you, God. I'm going to do, I'll follow wherever you lead. I'm going to do that. And you know what, you guys? We understand this because we do this in our life. We see it in our life all the time. My kids are two, four, and six. You know where that, you know, you guys, anybody else got kids that age? And you, you know that right in the middle of this age is when they want to do everything by themselves. It's so awesome. I can do it. You know, I want to do it. I'm like, oh, great, great. You know, go ahead and pour the cereal in the milk all over the counter. You know, because you want to do it. And, it, and part of us loves them growing up, and we let them. We let them make those mistakes and grow up. But what's interesting about kids is as much as they want to do that, as soon as they get to something that they can't do, what do they do? Mommy! Daddy! I mean, they yell out immediately when they know that there's something they can't do. How do I spell this? And they just ask us. See, that's the child of a heart. That's why Jesus says you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you come like a child. Because we have to have this childlike belief that I have no idea, and you do, so I call out to you. That's what we need. See, it's like how I feel. There are some things that I can do well, and I love the challenge, right? It's kind of being human, too, to go after the challenge, figure it out. But there's one thing, like, you know, I sit with my Apple computer. I have no idea what I'm doing. I can turn it on. I can send an email, you know, and I can get on the web. And that's about it. I mean, when something happens to my computer, I don't even think about it. I immediately call all the geeks on our staff who, um, who are computer people. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but it's just kind of fun when you're ignorant in that area to make yourself feel better. Um, <laughs> but I immediately call them because I just admit I don't have no idea. 
So we're finishing our, our basement uh, bathroom flooded this last year, and it was a mess, so we had to gut the whole thing. And, and, and you know, we thought about that. You know, we're going to put this puppy back together. And I could have done that. I, actually, I didn't even think that I could have done that. I, I know I couldn't do that because if I tried to put our bathroom back together again, it would take, like, forever. And it wouldn't be any good. And I'd be extremely frustrated the whole way. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay. Uh, all the women raise their hands. Darn. <laughs> well, that's me. All right? So, but that's, that's the reality. So what we did is we brought in friends who know what they're doing, and they've been working on this thing, but they even actually had to bring in a professional tile guy. So this guy's here yesterday, and he's working on our bathroom. I go down, I go, how's it going? He's like, oh, my gosh. He goes, this is no normal tile job. Our house is just screwed up. You know? He said, your walls are so messed up that if anybody else would have done this, they, you know, your tile would have been like this, and it would have been so off kilter. I mean, it's amazing what he's done to try to get it to be level. And I thought about that, and I said, see, it's really good that we had this guy come in and not try to figure this thing out ourselves. I don't know what I'm doing. And in our lives, you guys, you know what happens? We get halfway into the project of our lives, and we find out that just like my walls, we're really screwed up. And then when that happens, we have no idea how to fix it, so we have two options. One, I'm going to make a mess of it. It's going to take me forever. I'm going to be extremely frustrated with my life or call up somebody who totally knows life. And we surrender. And we say, you know what? I don't want to do this thing anymore. I'm so tired and frustrated trying to figure out this marriage. I'm so tired and frustrated of trying to figure out how to be satisfied in my soul when I've got all the stuff that everybody tells me I'm supposed to have and it's still not working. I'm so frustrated, but I'm going to figure it out. And God says, give me a call. Next time when you stand at the crossroads and you're making a decision, trust me. And here's an important side, you guys. Proverbs 10, 17 says this. He who heeds discipline shows the way to life. But whoever ignores correction leads others astray. I don't know if you remember three weeks ago, I was just telling us, you guys, when we stand at the crossroads and we make decisions, it doesn't just affect us, it affects everybody around us. And the scripture says, if you're somebody who heeds discipline, then what happens? You actually can show the way to life for others. But if you ignore correction, you lead others astray. I'm telling you, as a parent, that's a really scary thought. And it's just a huge responsibility that we have. But it's not just for our kids. It's for everybody around us. Now, let me ask you a question, okay? Here's, here's a tough one. Who is supposed to show us the way to life? Okay, this is when the first graders say, Jesus! And they're actually right, okay? So, so yes, who shows us the way to life? That's why we're here at church, because part of us says, well, Jesus Christ is the one who shows us how to, how to do life, right? Now, you would figure that Jesus, if there's any person who ever walked on this earth who could figure this out on himself, who could go through life and go, okay, at least I'm divine, so you know, I'll figure this thing out, all right? You'd figure if there's one person who wouldn't need any counsel or any advice, it'd be Jesus Christ, wouldn't you think? And then we say, okay, now I'm going to follow this guy. 
check out, have you ever looked at the life of Christ? Do you know what he says in the book of John? He says, I do nothing on my own. Jesus says, I do nothing on my own. And here we are, human beings go, wow, I do like everything on my own. Wonder why the world's such a mess. Could it be? Jesus says what? It's so amazing, you guys. If you go to John 14, 31, right near the end of his life, he says the world must learn. And that would be you and I. Here's what we have to learn. I love the Father, and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. You know what that means? And again, look through, read John. It's amazing. That means that every time Jesus Christ stood at a crossroads, whatever the Father told him to do, he did. And he did nothing on his own. What he said and even how he said it came from the Father. That's how intimate they were. And then he says, and so you guys, and here we are, we stand at the crossroads, and we, we, we don't even think about God most of the time. That was my, my recollection preparing for this message. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor guy, and I still, when an issue arises, the first thing that happens is, okay, I've got to figure this out. Let me think about it. You know, I go, man, i got to get on the web and Google, you know, because there will be something there, and that doesn't work, so then I'll, you know, then I'll call people because that's good. And then you finally realize, have you ever thought about maybe asking God? I tell you, you know why we don't? Because we, every human being, and you hear this all the time if you come here, every human being has a nature that's bent away from God. And it's bent towards ourselves. That's why when someone says, hey, let me give you some advice, it's like, hey, don't tell me what to do. I got this puppy down, and I live in America, which is much more important. I really got to be able to do this here. And I'm telling you, so here you are in your marriages and all your relationships, and your nature is bent towards yourselves, and you're trying to have this peaceful, loving thing that's supposed to go on. But no, pride breeds quarrels. You know what, you guys? How are we going to find the life that God has for us? You know what we need? We need a new nature. This heart bent towards ourselves has got to be just freedom free free from myself free to care about you more than me free to be humble and to look to God and and to do whatever he has to say whatever he wants to say to me I'll do it that's what needs to happen you guys and here's the good news here's why K2 the church exists Because we know from the scriptures and from personal experience that God can give you that new heart. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 5.15. Jesus died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Oh, before I finish that verse, can you imagine what a world would look like where people weren't living for themselves? Can you imagine going to work? And everybody there is actually thinking more about you than, them, than themselves. Can you imagine going home today and everybody in your family is like, all the, all the women are going, hey, honey, watch football. Oh, no, no, honey, I'd much rather sit down with you and talk. You know, I mean, can you imagine that world? I'm telling you, who knows? That would be, that's too far out there to think about that. 
Jesus died so we wouldn't live for ourselves. Because when we live for ourselves, that's called pride. And pride leads to destruction. The good news of Jesus Christ is that number one, he'll die, he died for you to take on the punishment you deserve for saying no to God. Because saying no to God is what the devil did and his punishment is not something you want to taste. Thank you, Jesus Christ. For me personally, I put all my hope, all my faith, and all my trust in the one who died as a sinless person for me so I can be forgiven for every time I say no to God. But he didn't just die, he rose again, which means he's alive today. You know what that means? The scriptures say that he lives in me, that when you receive Christ, he comes in. He's the one who takes your warped, messed up heart and goes, and he makes it right. Now, it's a process, but it's what he does. He says, you are a new creation. I'm in you now. And that's your hope, the hope for the world. I'm looking at Rain and Kai here. I'm doing marriage counseling with them, and I tell them every time, the hope for their marriage is that Jesus Christ is inside of them to help them not think about themselves. And you and I have that hope in Christ. So what are you going to do when you stand at the crossroads with your life? Are you going to take some advice? Or are you going to take a risk? Figure it out yourself? Or let God have his way with your life, the one who created it and knows what's best for it. I just so encourage you to do that. And Bane, why don't you guys come on up? And the way we're going to close our service today is we're going to take communion together. And um, it's a perfect thing to do today because when you take communion, Jesus said, i got to have you guys remember something. <laughs> so I want you to do this a lot and I want you to remember that my body was broken for you. He said, my body was bruised and broken and beat up for you so that I could take on the punishment that you, don't, that you deserve, but now that you don't have to take. And when you rip off, and we're going to do it, you're going to walk forward today. And when you come forward, man, and you take that, that piece of bread that's been ripped off the loaf, remember that this is Christ's body. He loves you. But then also, it's not just that, but the second part of this, and, and I, I, actually before I build it, so I want to encourage you today, you guys, that one of the things you need to do before you come up to take communion, if you're a follower of Christ and you want to take part in this today, is I think this needs to be a time of confession for us today. And, and if you've basically been saying no to God and doing your own thing, this might be the time to say, I'm done. <laughs> just, whew, just take it. I confess to you that I'm walking my own way and I'm taking a risk and I don't want to take it anymore. And then you take that bread and you put it in, you dip it in the, the juice which represents his blood, the blood of Christ. That Jesus would pour out his blood to forgive us, to forgive us, to say, I'm going to die so you don't have to. I totally, all of your sins were in me and I've paid the price. Man, if you've received that today, you come forward, dip that in there and go, thank you, Jesus. Because again, as I said three weeks ago, he is the God of U-turns, you guys. 
And if you've been going in the wrong direction, come home today and receive his forgiveness. But the last thing is, you've got to identify yourself with him. If you call yourself a Christian today, that means you're a Christ follower. And the way you follow Christ is you live like him, which means you don't do anything on your own, but you do whatever the Father tells you to do. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey me. If you don't love me, you don't. And if you want to come up today and identify with Christ, because you're going to take that and you're going to put it in. That's a remembrance that he's in you to lead you. And, I, I just, and again, this is why I said, I'm hoping that if you came in today with a hard heart towards God and you're taking the risk of living your life on your own wisdom, that today you're going to walk out of here with a different heart. A heart that's going to say, I'm not saying no to God anymore. I'm saying yes to him. And for some of you guys today who've never done this, you've never said yes to God yet, I just want to encourage you, man, there's a whole life waiting you of power and wisdom and insight and love and strength. I, I just, I, I don't even know. I don't know how I'd do it without him. And if today's your day, just to say, that's it, I'm, I'm done fixing my bathroom all by myself. I can't do it, it's a mess. Jesus, I want you to come in and I'm gonna, I want you to change my heart so I can have the grace to follow God. And if that's you today, then come forward and let's do it. And as we listen to the song, where he leads, I'll follow. Where he leads, I will follow. And I'll find life for my soul. Let's take communion together.